Hello and welcome to the Jersnet podcast, the independent Rangers podcast made for fans, by fans, and their content is absolutely free. If you haven't already, please share the podcast where you can and give us a like on our social media platforms. I'm your host, David Wren, and we're fresh off the back today of a, a disappointing result at Easter Road as Rangers drew 2-2 with Hibs. Um, joining me tonight to go through that result and the rest of the news, which has been a, another busy week um, in, in the Rangers world, is my fellow host, Colin Armstrong and Alec Anderson. Colin, how are you doing? Yeah, all things considered, not too bad. David, I not too bad. I'm, I, I noticed Twitter's went into its usual meltdown uh, after that result today, but I, I don't think it's quite as bad a result as, as people are making out. It's a wee bit disappointing. I think the manner in which it was achieved is disappointing. I think uh, if it came back today, sort of maybe one nothing down or 2-1 two, two down and got the equaliser, it would have been viewed as a, uh, a decent result. I think because we were 2-1 up and looking comfortable, and then it was, you know, the nature of the goal, you know, it's, we've shot ourselves in the foot defensively, you know, Goldson's made a bit of hash in it, plus it was offside, there's no doubt it was offside, you know, that makes it disappointing, but I, I don't think it's quite the, the bad result that a lot of supporters on the, the Twitterati are making out, so uh, it's a sore one, it's frustrating, but uh, certainly it's, you know, it's not a fatal blow by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Alec, in, in terms of your usual levels of misery, where, where are you in that, in that scale tonight? Well, to, to try and counteract my usual levels of misery, I've actually I've actually hit the drugs. Uh, the night boys, I'm on the bits of whisper, uh, Cadbury's whisper, bite size, um, because it's just the only way I could keep myself up, keep myself off the rafters uh, for long enough to come on and join you tonight. It's the only thing that was keeping me going was knowing I was going to have to be on going here tonight talking to you boys for a bit of therapy. Um, I'm also well aware that the last time I was on. Uh, it was uh, the only other time this season that we dropped points. Um, it's you then, it's your fault. So it's official, <laughs> official jinx, official jinx stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, as I was saying to, I was saying to Colin off air there, I'm usually, I'm, I'm murder. I, either way, Rangers win, 24 hours after we win, that's it. You know, 55's in the bag, just gives the trophy the new, no problem. Everybody's a hero. And uh, if we have any kind of setback at all, um, absolutely dying off and thinking sack Gerald, sack everybody. So um, I've had to hit the whispers tonight to try and pick myself up and be a bit more sober. Usually within you know, the next day, once I've had a good night's sleep, I'm usually um, a bit more sober-minded about the whole thing. But uh, it's, it's far from the end of the world. Well, yes, I, I, I do agree. And I think um, I actually only realised that we, went, we did go top of the league after the game today. Um, so I'll be yourself to have a game in hand, but, but we have gone, gone back to the top. But... Colin, we'll go, we'll go straight into today's game because it's, I think it's still fresh in the minds of, of everyone. But obviously, we, we went 1-0 down. Um, bring it back there and find the stroke at half-time and then we go 2-1 up, looking really, really strong. And then another poor mistake. Individual error, which, you know, has cost us so many times. But in terms of the overall performance, I would say that maybe when we've dropped points in the past, certainly last season we would have played for 90 minutes the way we played the first 20 minutes of the game. Whereas at least the performance levels, you know, were up to scratch for large chunks. Um, but at the end of the day, it still dropped points. So what, what was your overall thoughts on, on the 90 minutes? Uh, I mean, I, I, I thought, oh, by the way, I'm not on the whispers. I'm, I've got a gin in the tin here. That's what I'm on tonight. That's my therapy. Uh, a gin and a tin. So, in terms of the game, I, I thought uh, I thought we started okay. I thought we looked pretty good early doors. I felt pretty confident. I think, as I've, I've said earlier in, in, in earlier shows, uh, I think the, the no fans are suiting us at the moment, and I thought we we settled into the game. That said, you know when when Hibs scored, I I, I felt it had been coming. You know, the, the, I just got a feeling we'd lost our way a wee bit. Really cheap goal, you know. I, th I think Barisic can stop the cross. Uh, it's just, it just uh, you know, when you consider how well we've defended in the first seven games, you know, we've broke that 114 year old record or whatever it was. You know, to, to concede a goal like that was was fairly poor. 
Uh, and I, I thought up until Morelos' equaliser, I, 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 I was kind of fearful of, I don't know, I don't know where it's coming for, you know what I mean? It kind of felt it was going down that Livy route, you know, the sort of lots of possession, but not really doing anything with it. Got the goal. The second half, I thought we were, we were very good. I thought we played really, really well. Created a few chances. You know, we've got the goal, and I, th- I thought it was a really well-worked goal. You know, uh, the nice wee sort of one-two with Hadji and Arfield in the box. Good finish. I thought Arfield played well again today. You know, he, he came in last week. And at that point, you know, that's the point where you think, right, we've, we've, we've done it. You know, we've, we've got ourselves in front. We, we took the early disappointment. We've got ourselves in front. You know, Kent got that chance. I think he could have taken it in another couple of steps before, before taking his shot. And I, I actually feel, I mean, people are saying that the, the one we are feel that he should have done better. I, I just think, you know, the, the first one, he, he, he takes his touch and, and gets a shot away. When it comes back to him, I, I just think all he can do is hit it. You know what I mean? And, and the keeper's just got his hand to it. Uh, so I, I, I suppose you could maybe say it's a sitter. Um, I, I think it's just one of those that, you know, it's just came back to him. He's hit it and the guy's put his hands up. It's so reactionary that, I don't know if you can apply much blame to Arfield in terms of a miss, but yeah, and you think, but even at that point, you think we're okay, and then just that silly mistake for Goldson. I think we spoke a couple of weeks ago about you know, like him and Tav have got these mistakes in them. You know, the the the, the pillars of consistency they, they perform so well week in week out, but then they make these catastrophic errors. And it, I mean, it was just such a lazy. It's almost like he just stuck a foot out and just gave it right back to the Hibs boy. I can't mind who he gave it to. You. And don't get me wrong, it's offside. It is offside. There's no denying that. And yeah, I think the linesman should see it. He's looking right at it. There's a, there's a bit of daylight there between uh, Hollander and I think it was Boyle that was through. And we, and we just don't defend it for then on in. So I think the fact that we were 2 1 up and lost it, that's the most disappointing sort of aspect uh, of the game, I think. But you know, as I was saying to Alex before we came on air, you know, Hibs have had a really, really good start to the season. You know, everybody's been talking about the fact that we've only we've not conceded any goals up, up until today. Well, Hibs had only conceded three up until today, and none of them had been for open play. You know, so we've we've put two past them. It's just it's just frustrating that after having such a good start to the season defensively, that we've dropped the points to to such a slack but a defensive uh, or, a, or attempted defensive play by, by Goldson. But as I said earlier, it's not, I don't, I don't feel like it's the end of the world. It's just a wee bit frustrating. And overall, I saw enough positives today. I think Rangers over the piece deserve to win today. Alec, when you look at the actual, you know, Collins mentioned there in terms of the defensive record and how strong it was coming into the game. And, you know, we, we looked comfortable in that second half, but, were you surprised to see Goldson, you know, firstly make that mis- that mistake proved proved costly, but also, you know, he had, he had a bit of a mad sort of ten minutes after that where he just couldn't really do anything right, and it was quite interesting, you know, to see him who, you know, in my opinion, my opinion's certainly one of our best players, just lose his cool in that in that way. Uh, it's it, it, it's strange. I don't know, uh, David, if it's maybe down to the fact that. Um, this defensive record we've got a lot of it's come from. I mean, I, I, I kind of not, not trying to make it sound like a negative, but it's almost come from the fact that we haven't been tested. The front players have been keeping everybody really busy in the opposition. Um, Goldson's been coming further and further forward. I mean, I know Lincoln Redditts isn't really the best game to judge it by, but he's like, at times he was overlapping. He, he was going past Tav. You know, um, I remember the, the Hamilton game. Um, he took a, a, a mad swipe at a, a fella in the, the halfway line. I think it was about half an hour in. and took a booking. And it was almost as if it was just to get involved, as if he was kind of easily bored. Because um, that, that game, I mean, Hamilton weren't really doing much uh, offensively in that game. Uh, but what they were doing for the first half hour or so, uh, Big Hollander was just chewing everything up. He was just taking care of everything. And it was almost like Connor just had to get himself involved somehow, anyhow. And I don't know if that's what's... Maybe happened to him. He's just had been a month and a half, really, uh, where the defence hasn't been really tested. Um, I don't want to condemn them with something that's actually, you know, of great merit, you know, a, a great achievement. Um, but it's almost like the Hibs were just kind of in about us today. And I hate this whole thing that, oh, this, this Rangers team, they don't like it up them. Um, they don't like it when, when folk get in about them. But it just looked like uh, it, was, it was the way he was getting caught out. Um, apart from the, the actual goal itself, uh, the, the second goal, 
yeah, the Hibs equaliser, he was guys were nicking in front of him. You know, they were kind of getting there before him as if he was kind of switched off, as, as, as Colin's saying, as if he just, he's kind of slow and what have you. And I don't know if it's just a, a concentration thing. The, the thing with this, the way this team plays, or what uh, Gerard's game plan is, it's all very kind of holistic. It's all very, you know, you defend for the front and you attack for the back. And I think if there's anybody kind of messes with our chi, so to speak, anybody kind of breaks up our, our kind of rhythm, um, I think everybody kind of suffers. Uh, I think I think it's like it's kind of difficult to pinpoint. Well, it's, it's obviously easy to pinpoint um, the, the mistakes that were made today, but I think it's difficult um, to kind of blame the defenders too much. It was like we, they've done their bit for the first seven games of the season, and the day we were kind of looking for the attackers, the kind of the forward players to to dig them out for a change. Um, everybody in the park seemed to kind of do something today that was quite good at one point, and then they would make a wee mistake, or a, a, a big mistake. Um, nobody was kind of beyond criticism, but at the same time, nobody was uh, completely, completely terrible. I think when Goldson's knocking that ball forward um, so carelessly, uh, I think he's actually, you know, which leads, leads to the, the second goal we concede. I think what he's trying to do is just, he's trying to play it to Steve Davis, because the whole MO of this team is that we will attack. The ball will be kept in the deck and the, the, the back the players at the back are attacking. Um, they're looking to score goals. They're looking to set up goals as well. And um, he's doesn't excuse the fact that he's just hit it woefully short um, and, that, and that's opened us up. But there's so many other factors coming into play, as you say, that's um, even, you could even say there's like two hands on Hollander's back. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to agree about that, but it's the kind of thing that's usually an easy one for the referee to give against uh, the attacking team. That usually two hands on the shoulder uh, usually goes usually goes against the attacking team. It's an easy foul to give the, the defending team. And the the offside, um, I mean, we're wearing a black strip today. It's a long white sleeve for the Hibs player, and the, the linesman's right right in line with it. I don't know how he can see it. There's no. There's no crowd behind him to distract him. The sun wasn't even shining to, to get his eyes. There's just there's, there's, there's really no kind of excuse for it. But it seems to be we are punished uh, very kind of heavily for any any kind of bad luck. Um, and everything we get is kind of hard earned. But that's because we're the team. We're, we're, we're coming back. We're trying to chase things. And um, I think it's quite important to remember that, as we're saying, we're, we're top of the league. And this is the furthest we've gone in any of Gerard's seasons unbeaten. So, aye, it's, uh, it's, it's not the end of the world. Um, Colin, just just to, to follow on from that point we made there, but it felt like a very sort of Jekyll and Hyde performance today. And I obviously mentioned this at the top of the show, but you know we were playing. I mean that second half display, you know certainly early on after we scored, you know we were playing some great stuff, and it was actually actually really really good to watch. Some of the best actually we've played all season. Um, but then you know the, the, the goal goes in, and, and the next thing you know we can't win a second ball. We can't do anything in the final third. It seems to be. I mean, it seems to be when the chips are down for this team, we're struggling to overcome that sort of final hurdle and, and get that either kill the game off or at least chase that that winner. Because after you know the seventy-eighth minute, we barely that barely this now. Yeah, and I, I would, you know, you would have to say that that's probably a concern, you know. But you also have to remember that you know we had a few players out today. Uh, I mean, I think Roof was was a big miss today. I think the way I think last week. Against Dungeon United, we really saw, or we started to see what he can offer the team. You know, I thought he was linking up well with Kent, and he also worked quite hard. I mean, Alex was talking there about defending for the front. You know, on more than one occasion last week, you know, Roof was back in his own box, heading clearances and stuff like that. You know, so he's a hard-working player who, who fits in well with us at the moment and, and complements other player. I thought Kent probably had one of his quietest games today this season so far, and and that's maybe because. You know, Roof wasn't there. He wasn't getting the, the same sort of link up. Uh, obviously, Ryan Jack's not there. Uh, Aribo. You know, it seems to me that we've been hit with a sort of a glut of injuries uh, just at the wrong time. It was maybe our, our toughest test today. You know, we're missing three or four really key players. I think it showed there was maybe a bit of what you're talking about. You know, last you know it felt like a, a lot of the stuff that we seen last season. You know. It actually reminded me a wee bit of that Aberdeen game at Pitodre last season. You know what I mean? We were two and on up and, and strolling it. And then when we just get one wee done, 
you know, it all, it all seemed to go to pot. You know, we conceded the goal. And then, as you say, you know, the confidence just seems to go for some of these players. Their decision-making goes out the window uh, and, and they look under P a wee bit. Uh, so, yeah, I, it probably is a bit of a worry because it's linked to the mentality that we've spoke about for so long. But I, I, I do think we were missing a few players today. So I would, I would have liked to have seen what would have happened if we had, you know, even a couple of those guys back in the team. I think we'd have probably won today. I, I, I just think we had maybe one or two players in there that are not going to be starters every week, if you know what I mean. And it, it, it felt like a bit of a last season performance in terms of, you know, not being able to get over the line. But I, I think if certain players were there, would would be a different result. I, I, I genuinely think Rangers were a wee bit unlucky today. I know what you're saying. The last ten minutes, and it's a bit of a bugbear in mind. You know, it, it seems to have been like this for a while. There doesn't seem to be any urgency when we're chasing the result. You know, it just seems to be patient, patient, patient. And I, and I get that. You know, you, you know, you have to say, right, there's plenty of time. Let's just keep going. But there does come a point when you have to say, you know what, we just need to find a way to win this game, guys. Just get it in the box and do what we've got to do. And aye, a wee bit concerned, but like Alex says, I'm not. I'm not panicking. Just to be in this one, Colin, following on from that, but you know, you mentioned Ruth being being missing there. Obviously, he's um, now potentially facing a few weeks out. If you, you know, according to, to the media, how big a loss would that be? Because he's come in, and not it's not just his uh, his goal scoring or, or striker play. It's, it's more the, the overall package you get there from him and the way that he links up with, you know, the midfield and and Kent in particular. How big a loss will that be if he's not available for selection in the next few weeks? Yeah, I, I think he could be a bit. As I said last week, he, 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 I think that was his best performance last week and really starting to see what he brings to the team. Uh, I think he's more of a team player than than, than Alfie. Uh, and the whole Alfie thing's dragged on for so long, you, you kind of wonder if there's any way back. But then there might have to be now, you know, if, if Ruth's going to be out for a, for a long period. Uh, you know, we might need to hold on to Morelos, which could impact on other things because you know Stephen Gerrard's been been talking about that he's you know he thinks we need a, a midfielder, which I tend to agree with. I think that would be dependent on Morelos going or somebody going, you know, before we would splash out again. So if Roos injured long term, it could impact on that. Uh, and I, I just think it, you know. It's, Last week, he, he really started to show what he was capable of. And I'm, I'm kind of frustrated now because at the time when he went off on Thursday night, you know, it's one of these ones he goes down and he puts his hands up and you just think, right, okay, it's precautionary, it should be okay. But I was reading today that, you know, it, it could be more serious and he's had real issues with his calf before. And you're kind of thinking, well, why are we playing him on an artificial surface against a team of, you know, bin men and taxi drivers? I know we, we, we want, want to get him up to speed, but. Uh, I would maybe question if, if we, we've known that he's had issues with his cast before, we've had issues with players getting injured on artificial surfaces before, it was maybe you know, the best decision to play him in that game if you know if the impact of that is he's going to be out for the next four or five weeks. And if he is out for the next four or five weeks, you're talking about six, seven, eight weeks before he's back up to speed again. You know what I mean? Because he, 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 when he came into the team... It, Initially, he was a wee bit anonymous and you weren't seeing much. It took him three, four weeks to get up and running. And just as he was getting to that peak point, it looks like he's out. So, yeah, I, I question the decision uh, to play him on Thursday night against, you know, such a, a sort of low-level opposition and on a, an artificial surface. So, yeah, it could, it, could have, uh, it could have huge implications for Rangers because I think he was starting to look like a very, very good player. Um. Alec, as, as, as Colin mentioned there, you know, the Alfredo Morelos stuff is still very much up in the air. Um, with Gerard saying through the week that, you know, only Morelos himself and his agent know if he'll be at Rangers uh, come October the 5th. But if, if Ruth is out now, you know, that that's another conundrum in itself because the, if we if we sell Morelos, do, they, do we then need to look at other options or do we go with the four? You know, there's so many... Uh, added on things to this, but what are your thoughts on, you know, the Morella situation? Because we've spoken about this, I think, in every podcast for the past two months. So, you know, something's got to give at some point. Yeah, I think it's just amazing that we're actually in a situation where um, last week we thought we had too many strikers, and now we're, we're wondering if we've actually we've actually got enough. It just shows you how quickly these things can change. Um, we've gone through that situation. We're in that League Cup semi-final. Against Aberdeen, where Sadiq was up front, 
Um, we're struggling uh, to, to find a striker in the whole club. Um, and I'm, we're obviously not going back to that, but you thought those days were, were long gone, um, especially Itton having his wee problems as well. He arrives, he's no match fit, that's fair enough, but then he picks up that injury. And the really annoying thing is, uh, on Thursday night, again, I know it was only Lincoln Red Imps, we've got to take into account the standard they're playing against. But they had a wee... Itton didn't do anything, they end up, you know, it was a kind of a, a, an exercise in fitness for him. But there's a couple of nice wee link-ups, him and Roof. Um, it was the same in the game against uh, Kilmarnock. They seem to have the basis of an understanding there. Uh, it's really quite frustrating um, that none of the two of them now have been able to have a kind of a full run um, at getting themselves totally match fit and getting that understanding uh, up to the kind of next level. Uh, again, as I was saying to Colin, before we came on air, that game today looked like just the kind of thing that would have suited Roof. Um, but, you know, because of the way he comes deep and he kind of, he's got that kind of bit of grit about him, but unlike Alfie, Roof looks like a guy who's, who's streetwise. Well, Alfie's streetwise, he can, he can dig out a, a, a free kick or uh, get somebody a yellow card or whatever, but he has that wee edge where he'll just take a bit of a huff and he'll, he'll get himself something off or whatever. Roof doesn't look like a guy who's going to do that. He can get physical. He can get just hot and bothered enough um, to, to get an opponent into trouble, um, but he's not going to get himself sent off or anything. Um, so I, it's you're in a position where you're quite glad that Alfie's got three goals in his last two games because um, hopefully that will that'll bang up his price. Um, and if we could get you know nearer to the 20 million, you're maybe looking at spending 10 on a midfielder and uh, or fifth or whatever, but have a bit of spare change left to get ourselves another backup striker. Um, because I, I think, as I was saying today, the, the scenario earlier on about today, the defenders have, have done their job this part of the season, and today it was just that wee cutting edge. We were, we were wondering what was going to happen today. Was it going to be with well, the kind of fatalistic side of you, kind of superstitious side of you? You're wondering, was it going to be? Um, this is the day where we concede a goal and it ends up being a winner for the opposition we finally, when we finally lose our um, clean sheets record, or is it going to be the day where we unload on somebody goals-wise? Um, so now the clean sheets record's gone, it's gonna, the, the onus is on the, the, the strikers to, to start uh, banging goals in, and all these injuries don't just really don't help. Just on a point that Alex said there, Colin, but in terms of Morella's going, you know, if, if we did get, for talking, say, 18 to 20 million, I mean, how much will Gerard save that? Because, you know, he's been back this season already. And the full point in this sort of model of, you know, buying for a, a low price and selling for a high price is that, you know, it keeps the club in a healthy financial position. So I don't know if we'll be get we'll be seeing another, you know, Ryan Kent fee being paid for a player. Um, but do you disagree with that? Do you think that, that the board will give him a, a fair chunk of the cash to go and, you know, splashing another um, another player, or would you see it as maybe a couple coming in for um, a smaller chunk of the, of the Morella's money? So we've already it, spent quite a bit. You know, I think, think it would be the latter, uh, uh, David. I can't see you spending the sort of money that Alex was talking about there, like ten million on a midfielder. I, I think you've also got to take the current situation into consideration as well. You know, supporters only getting in, so revenue streams are are, are way down. You know, and uh, you're, you're not getting fans in the ground, you're not getting hospitality, you know, all these provide decent revenue streams. So, yeah, I, th- I think if we do get good money from Morelos, uh, and, and that's becoming a bit of a if, you know, because it, it just seems to have rambled on for so long, and the, and the fact that Roof is now injured, you know, you, you're maybe thinking we, we can't afford to sell him now, we, we maybe need to wait to the, the, the next window in January. But if we do get a decent fee for Morelos, I don't think Gerard will, will get a huge amount of it. I think the club will try and take that profit and bank it because we just don't know when this is going to end. You know, this whole situation, it's actually going back the way at the moment. You know, you're seeing, uh, you know, local lockdown procedures in place. Uh, I got pulled over by the police last week. Uh, my, my son was playing uh, a game in Lanarkshire and Wisher. And we were, we were barely in the town. And I don't know if they've just done a check on my registration plate and realised that I wasn't from the area. But, yeah, I got pulled over in questions as to, you know, where am I going? Why was I there? All that kind of thing. So I I think the club, given the, the, the uncertainty in terms of moving forward and when there'll be a bit of normality and when that will reflect itself in the revenue streams coming into the club, I think if they get, you know, 18 to 20 million from Morelos, I 
don't think they'll be giving a huge amount of that to Gerard uh, to spend. I think he'll maybe get two, three million, uh, and, and and the rest will be banked. Just lucky that you're quite used to getting pulled over by the police anyway, Colin. I'll tell you this much. I've, I've, you know, I had that 20, 20 kilograms of Class A in the boot. I was shite myself. <laughs> <laughs> whispers. <laughs> I was all whispers, aye. <laughs> um, yeah, so moving on, um, and we've discussed it slightly uh, so far, but, but not, not so much the game itself, but you know, that was the first game in, in Europe on, on Thursday there, Alec, and successful um, five goals scored. It was good to, to, to see the team back in Europe um, and to put on such a such a strong performance. It was lovely. Yeah, I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, just, I mean, it wasn't, wasn't it the greatest game in the world, but um, just to see Rangers doing what they're supposed to do is always quite reassuring. Just turning this into a kind of uh, a kind of procession, and I think um, bearing in mind what happened today, I'm quite interested in the fact that we seem to be getting goals around about the kind of twenty minute mark um, in games that we go. I think the Kilmarnock game at Ibrox is the only game we've, we've kind of gone on to win uh, this season where we haven't scored the kind of uh, we haven't been in, in the lead by like the twenty first or the twenty third minute mark. Um, and the other night it was just a, an exercise in fitness. Um, but also, you, to, you know, you, you've got to kind of bear in mind there's, there's always a danger if you take it too easy, um, or you put too many second-string players. Um, a team like this can can hurt you, um, as we're, we're neighbours across the city uh, know only too well. Um, I like the fact that the goals seem to be um, increasingly more indirect, if you like. You know, like a free kick pinged straight into the net uh, from Tab, and then a a free kick for Barisic put straight on uh, Big Connor's head. He didn't even have to get off the ground to nod it away. And then it was a it was a Barisic free kick, which Stuart knocked back across, and then uh, it gets knocked in. So it was it was like we just kind of slowly slowly ground them in, in, into the into the their plastic. And when they um, when they started coming forward, we just uh, kind of picked them off with ease. It's what we're supposed to do, but we've seen plenty of games over the years where we, we didn't do that kind of thing. So I, I was, it was really nice. Well, I'll, I'll come to you on this point because we, we discussed it post-match on, on Thursday, but the picture quality of the Premier Sports coverage wasn't, um, wasn't the best uh, and they, they obviously put out apologies and, and things like that. But, you know, from a subscription service, it wasn't, wasn't the best, was it? It was a, it was atrocious, David. Sorry, I couldn't get my mute off there. Uh, it, it was atrocious, really. And, you know, what I... They, they, they're, they're blaming the host broadcaster and all that kind of thing. It, it seems to happen all the time with Premier Sports, you know what I mean? So, no, it's unacceptable. And I, I genuinely don't think that, you know, like Premiership clubs down south and all the rest of it would, would tolerate that. I, I think uh, Scottish football fans and, and, and Rangers fans especially, you know what I mean? We, we get asked to fork out a lot of money and, and, and in terms of the quality and the standard of what we get back sometimes is it's just not good enough. Uh, it's, I mean, even in terms of the picture quality, you're, you're fine with BT and Sky and stuff like that. But it, I mean, even the quality of the, the punditry, you know, I mean, BT was atrocious uh, last season. It really was, you know. I mean, Chris Sutton's just an absolute joke in a pundit. Uh, and I, I know Andy Walker's not much better, but I, 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 do, I do feel Sky's coverage has improved a wee bit this year. But, I mean, when you compare the Scottish coverage compared to, you know, what our uh, compatriots down south get, I mean, it's night and day, really. So, yeah, it's, it just feels like, this season especially, when you consider, as I said, you know, supporters and season ticket holders especially, you know, they're, they're, they're coughing up money, but not, you know, we don't know when we'll, we'll get back into Ibrox. You know, it's good that Rangers are, are offering... Uh, this you know TV service of nine ninety nine for a game or for, for normal punters. The season ticket holders have you know we paid full price for that. Uh, and some of our TV stuff, I mean, it has improved, but I mean, the, 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 I've had some issues with streaming in my TV and stuff like that. And yeah, it's frustrating, you know, because you're, you're you're paying top dollar and, and Premier Sports. I've never known a more ironically named uh, broadcaster. Uh, it's, they're, they're far from Premier, and for a European game, I know it's only a small team, but for a European game to, to, to have 
problems like that consistently. I mean, it wasn't just one wee moment. It was consistently all the way through the broadcast. And towards the end, I, I think I chopped it with about 10 minutes to go. You know, I think that's fine. Not enough. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I, I just sacked it because there was nothing. And then at the end, you don't even get any analysis. You know, it's just like, we'll take, we'll take a tenner off you. We'll show you the 90 minutes and that's it. You know, you're not getting any analysis or, or any interviews with any of the players or the managers or anything like that. So, yeah, really amateur stuff, I thought. Alec, how, how important is it going to be for, you know, the club and, and also these sort of subscription services to, you know, enhance the offering? Because obviously, as Colin says, at the moment it doesn't look like the pandemic is going to end any time soon. Um, so it's going to be even more important for these, these services to be tipped up. Yeah, yeah. I know. I can only echo what... Um... Colin was saying there, it was uh, pretty disgraceful the other night. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 you know, as Colin's alluding to, um, we're basically paying for our season tickets. You're paying over, what, 500-odd pounds. Um, and Rangers TV, you're getting the uh, the league games, the games you can get through your season ticket free on Rangers TV. Um, I was already subscribed uh, to Premier because I've just done that classic thing where I've subscribed to it because it got a Cup, League Cup, you know, <laughs> thinking we were going to be in the, the two of them uh, right up to the to the death. But um and I don't, I don't unsubscribe, so I've got it sitting there. Um so I'm like, I'm not going to give any more money to Rangers TV for, for the game the other night. Uh, there's a lot of bears out there I know were kinda having a good laugh at a good laugh at me on Twitter um the other night, um saying, well the, the Rangers TV picture's absolutely fine. That's what you get for giving your money to an Irish sports company. But um, I just I felt as if it was uh, kind of offensive, the level of, as Colin said, they don't even say it at the end. There's, 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 no, there's no any analysis at the end. I think it's because they would have to spend the whole analysis apologising to us. Um, the I seem to remember, I think, Prima, did they cover the, what, the Scoopy game or maybe the, the Maribor game as well? I think um, they, they had all last season. They had I, all, because I, I had this last season. I subscribed because they had... I'm sure they had the majority of the qualifying games. And then the minute we were in the group stages, you know, it was BT that was covering it. So I subscribed to, to get the, the the European qualifiers last season. And it was bad then. It was, it was yeah, bad. It was, it was really bad, it was really it was bad, bad yeah. The yeah. other night was the worst. And I remember the, they, they had the, the, the trophy, Veolia, whatever it was, the, the tournament, the pre-season tournament we won in uh, Leon. And the same thing was that kind of affect that kind of a video feedback, a wee reference for the youth out there, um, the Bohemian Rhapsody video uh, Queen did back in the day. Is that same kind of dragon effect, which is quite distracting because somebody was saying online, your only job is to provide the pictures of the football. So when you don't do that, you really you've totally failed. And uh, I, I'm sure I read something that was the same thing happened with the the Spurs game in Bulgaria the other night as well. They were apologising for the for the host broadcaster. Um, picture, and I don't know how uh, I, I don't know how they can have that same problem with, with two games altogether. Two different games, yeah. Aye, it's, it's, I mean, the host broadcaster thing, I didn't buy that at all. You know, they're, they're just they're a bit of an amateur mob. I mean, I remember Satanta being a bit amateurist, but uh, this mob seemed to take it to, to, to new levels. And, and last year, let's even I tried to I tried to cancel it after we qualified for the group stages and she tried to cancel it. Honestly, God, it was it was horrific. And the only way right. I managed to cancel it was I lost my bank card. So I had to cancel my bank card. And so when I cancelled that, it, it, it cancelled all the sort of direct debits. So I got an email from them saying, oh, we've not received your payment. Uh, can you can you set it up again? And I thought, no, I'm not going to bother. And then what happened, like two months later, you know, the SPFL and the SFA announced that they've signed a deal with them to cover... Uh, the Scottish Cup and the League Cup. And I was like, well, I've got, I'm, I'm now need to sort of uh, subscribe to them. So I was, I'm the same as you, Alex. I'm sitting there. I never watch it unless strangers are on, but it's, it's costing me a tenner a month. Moving moving on in terms of Europe, the next round on, on Thursday, we'll see his take on William from Holland, um, which would be another tricky tricky tie for us. Uh, they currently sit in eighth in the Eredivisie and the Netherlands, um, they won four 0 today. Um, Colin, in terms of this this game, this has the you know the makings of, of a, an extremely tricky tie. Um, and given the next round, could see us play Galatasaray. This this would probably go down as one of the hardest 
um, runs that, that, that we've had. Yeah, and it seems ironic that we've done so well in the in the qualifying stages previously, and the reward for that is to make the qualifying stages even harder for you. You know what I mean? So I think the nature of it as well. It's away from home, and it? it's 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 in Holland, and it's it's the one-off nature of the tie. You know that makes it dangerous. I mean, I think Gerard and Rangers over the last couple of years. You know, the, the proof's in the pudding in Europe. You know, we've done really, really well. We seem to know how to handle these games, but it's a tough game. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, we, we, we played Feyenoord last year and beat them at Ibrox. And we probably could have and should have beat them over there. You know, we played really well over there. Uh, but, you know, the one-off nature makes it tricky. And, and then your reward for that is an even uh, sort of trickier tie against uh, Galatasaray. So, I... I've got a wee bit of fear with Europe this season, I must admit. And, and, and in my experience, uh, maybe I'm just being, you know, superstitious here to to new levels, but in my experience, any time we do really well in Europe, you know, the following year, we, we kind of fall on our faces a wee bit. So, like, I remember 92, 93, when we came so close to getting to the Champions League final, we were like a goal away from reaching the final. You know, the following season, we went out in the first round, I think. You know, when we reached the, the final in Manchester, the UEFA Cup, following year, we, we, we were out uh, in the first round. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's different examples in our history of when we, we, we do really, really well one year, the following year, you know, all, all that expectations there, oh, you know, we've got Europe sus, we can maybe go a wee step further this year. And it tends to go the other way. So I've got a wee bit of the fear that that's what might happen this year, you know, because we've done really, really well. I thought we were... We were unlucky to get to, to get Leverkusen. You know, if we'd got a kinder draw, we, I think we could have went another round or two. So, aye, I've got a wee bit of the fear this year because just the nature of the games, one-off, no fans, all that kind of a thing. It's it, it's going to be tricky. And but you know, Gerard's shown that he can do it. You know, he's, that's one part of his his Rangers managerial career that he's he's had licked almost since day one. You know, he's faced more than one tricky tie, even in the qualifiers, you know, not just in the group stages. So in that respect, you feel confident, but in another respect, you think we're bound to, you know, come a cropper at some point. We can't keep winning, you know, four, five, six qualifier games to, to, to get to the group stages. So I got a wee bit of the fear, I must admit. Alex, in terms of in terms of Europe this season, you consider, you know, what's at stake domestically for us and, and the way we've started actually. How important is is Europe this season? Uh, I think going back to me kind of talking nonsense earlier about uh, <laughs> how much we're, uh, we're going to spend of the twenty million that we're supposedly that I decided we're going to get for Morelis. Try and dig myself out of that one. I, I think getting into the group stages um, would have a big bearing on how much. Um, Gerard gets of any kind of any money we bring in, basically how much more Gerard gets to spend full stop, um, even just on this midfielder he's after. Um, I think it, it could also it could be telling in, in terms of the, the problem we think we have with this squad. Um, the, the whole, we're developing, we're, we're, we're on the up, we're pushing forward. It's still a it's still a, a building process. We're still kind of uh, we're not the final product yet, but I think one of the accusations is or one of the admissions by uh, Kent uh, after the Braga game last year and in Tavernier's infamous kind of programme notes is that, you know, we like it when the pressure's on the opposition. Um, so you're going to get that in Europe. So if we, I don't know if we get out of Europe early, does this squad just completely, does it does it affect them in terms of winning, winning the, is winning in Scotland not good enough for them? You know, um, are they going to be kind of bored, basically? Um, I think because their temperament is the one thing I think that's that, that's to be questioned uh, so far. Um, so I'm worried about that. But at the same, in the by the same token, you start think you do think that we've collapsed after Christmas, in the last two years, the last two seasons, and that has to be the, the fact that they've played by that point they've played something like 28 matches uh, in each of those two seasons in Europe. That's got to have a bearing. Um, that, that's got to be affecting them. And I think almost like the, the, the breaks in Dubai um, have let them tap into just how how tired they are. You know, like if, you, you know, if you're having a, you, you've been up all night, sometimes you're better just to keep going. 
you know, don't don't go to your bed and try to have a and try to have a kind of two or three hours sleep. You'll just realise how exhausted you are. I think that's um, a, a big part of what's happened is after Christmas, the last two seasons is is Europe coming back to kind of to kind of hit their legs. Um, so in that respect, you're also thinking. I would never say getting out of Europe is a good thing. Losing any game is not a good thing, especially when you're, as I say, trying to kind of maintain an upward momentum uh, under Gerard. But I think that um, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be overly worried um, if we did go to Europe, particularly Willem Twee. The, there would be no disgrace uh, to go to them. I think any Dutch side is going to be kind of technically proficient, going to be quite good. Um, but particularly maybe Galatasaray. Um, that's a name everybody knows, a European trophy winner in the past. Um, it wouldn't be too much of a too much of a kind of a blow to the ego if we went out to them. But um, instinctively, I want it. What Collins? I, I want. I want Europe. I want us to do well in it. Yeah, I really, I really enjoy it. Um, but I think we're at a stage uh, in our kind of history just now where we we need something domestically. We need. We need. We need. We need the title. You know. Um, and while I'm all for us winning in all fronts, I don't think it would be. I, I, I'm edging towards thinking maybe getting out of Europe is actually what we need um, to to win the title. See another thing, sorry to come in, David. Another thing from a supporter's point of view, they kind of get to the games. You know, I mean, Europe's a, a big glamour night, oh. and the last couple of years have been really good. I've, I've I've taken my son to all the sort of group group stage games at Ibrox and. Like, it was, I think it came up in my memories on, on Facebook the other day there. It was like a year ago yesterday or a couple of days ago that we played Feyenoord. Now, a couple of photos of Feyenoord fans. Like, I'd finished early, as I tend to do if, if you're playing a, in a European game. Uh, Ibrox, you know, I finished my work early, round a couple of the pubs in the city, meet my son, we go for something to eat. You know, and you'd really get a sense of the sort of, you know, the atmosphere and the anticipation. And, and even like queuing at the, the subway, you can just sense it's it's a big night. We're not going to get that, you know. If we're in the group stages, the, the way things are at the moment, we'll all be sitting watching it uh, on the telly. So, as I'm, I'm kind of like Alex, you know, I, I like to see Rangers do well, everything. But if we do get to the group stages, <laughs> it's, it's just another night we'll be sitting in the living room watching it on the telly, and I, I kind of associate European nights with a bit more than that. So, I'd, I'd be sad to see us go out, but I wouldn't be as gutted as I would be if we could go and experience those those big, big nights at Ibrox because they're so enjoyable. Just on that point, Colin, as well, it's, it's quite funny when you think back to the last the last game we would have enjoyed at Ibrox. Um, in Europe, I mean, it's probably one of the most surreal nights uh, that any of us will have experienced that game given that the coronavirus you know, crisis was just about to shut down every single um, league in Europe almost. And I think our game was the last game uh, certainly one of the last games in Britain. Um, so it's, it's, I mean, it's mad to think that uh, even with this new season starting, that perhaps, you know, um, football is still not begun again. But just on, I'm going to come back to you, Colin, on, uh, on Alex, another point Alex made there, um, the mentality of the players, do you think that, that going out of Europe would, would affect that, you know, mentality in, in the league, you know, do you think there'd be a lack of, you know, a dent to the confidence in, in some way? Because I think we've, we've had a bit of a bit of a bump sometimes from Europe, just that that sort of way the results have managed to pull off the past couple of years. Uh, I mean, it, it, it could have a, a, a sort of bump on them, but it, it also focuses the mind, I think. You know, as I was saying earlier on, you know, there, there, there's been times in the past when we've done really well in Europe, and then the following season we, we go early. Now, the, the, the the year we got to Manchester, the year we got to the final of every tournament that we took part in, uh, and we, we took the league to the last game of the season as well. well. We won two of the four, you know, we won the Scottish Cup, and we won the League Cup. Uh, and we went into that following season really hopeful that we would do well in Europe again, because I think that's what happens, because Scottish clubs are so indifferent in Europe these days, you know, when... You get to a stage where you've you've done really well. You think you've cracked it, you know, and just add a player here, and who knows, we could maybe go that stage further. And then we went out at the first the first knockings. It was it was against who was it that it was the Hearts owners team at the thing. Kaunas. Yeah, Kaunas, and that set us up to win the league that season. You know that I think taking away all those European commitments, 
it focused the minds of the players, right? We've got no distractions, we've got no European distractions. It's all about the domestic stuff now. That's it. It's, it's simply about uh, winning as many games on a Saturday and a Wednesday night as we can domestically. And I think, you know, there, there is an argument to say that if we'd qualified for the group stages of Europe that year, we might not have won the league that year. You know what I mean? It would have maybe just been uh, a commitment too far. So as, as as much as I'm all for Europe, I really am. I love the European nights. Uh, I think Alex got a point. Every now and again, you know, it, it, it helps just not to worry about that. And I, I, we're maybe at that stage, as Alex has, has, has just alluded to there, you know, we're maybe at that stage we need to win something domestically. Uh, I think Gerard needs at least a cup domestically. I, th- I think if he has another barren year, then, you know, he, he could be looking at potentially losing his job. So in terms of the revenue for the club, it would probably be a blow if he didn't qualify for the group stages. In, in terms of what we could do domestically, I think it might actually go the other way. Uh, it might just focus people's minds and think, well, that's it. You know, we train through the week, we play on a Saturday or a Sunday, and then that's all we, we need to worry about. We don't need to worry about Feyenoord or, you know, Villarreal or Rapid Vienna or any of that. It's just domestic stuff. So uh, it might go the other way. Alec, just, just before we move on, we've mentioned it there, but, you know, Gerald's record in Europe is, has been quite extraordinary, you know, in his time as manager. You look back yeah. and you know, some of the games and certainly the ones that come at my mind that I've actually been, I went to all the, the home games over the past couple of years, even the qualifiers, which were all fantastic, you know, and you felt like we were um, we were back a bit there. Uh, but certainly for me, I mean, the best ones that come off the top of my head straight away were Rapid Vienna game and, uh, and the Braga game, but there's lots of great memories to look back on. Oh, it's uh, phenomenal. And I think it's, uh, as Colin's been saying, we historically go out of Europe after a, having a great season. We have a terrible season. Even it, it, the ultimate season in Europe for us is winning the Cup and Cup in 72. We didn't compete the following season because we got ourselves banned. You know, it's, and I think that's <laughs> a, when you look at what Gerard's done to take us to within, you know, a, a result in Vienna for qualifying for the knockout stages from the first qualifying round after the previous season embarrassment at Niedercon. That in itself is a trophy. But it's not, do you know what I mean? It's, it's it, To the rest of Europe, what Gerard's done, and to, sorry, and to then follow up by doing even better the following season, I think there's an argument, you'd have to go back to the 60s, um, to find two successive seasons that Rangers have performed to that level in Europe. The number of games they've had to get through, um, I, I think it's near miraculous and it to the rest of Europe, what we did there would count more than winning a domestic trophy in Scotland. But, but the rest of Europe isn't in Scotland. They're no us. They don't know what it's... <laughs> it's going to um, do a bit of Europe, then do a bit of domestic, and it's going to building on building. You know, and I, the night against Rapid Vienna, for example, that kind of cinematic final goal, where we're 2-1 up, and we're kind of, you know, not, not hanging on, but you know there's always a chance you're going to slip up. And uh, you know, Candace, the, the the back heel through to Alfie, and it's just you've got the whole stadium we're all up, and you, that thing where you hear the seats all thudding, or then the bucket seats thudding against the back of the seat because everybody's on their feet but they're holding their breath, and um, you're you're thinking, is he going to do it? And he kind of slowly, it's a kind of it's like kind of foreplay, it's a bit sexual, you know. Is, is he going to get there? He's getting closer and closer. The ball goes in the back of the net. The place absolutely explodes, and I think that we could all feel that was a night that we felt the old place was back. You know, the old Rangers were back. The old, just the, the old atmosphere in Ibrox was itself again, and it was really that was a really cathartic experience. And uh, it's kind of one of the reasons that Gerard is just gets my kind of undying loyalty, um, because I just nobody else could have really brought that. He's a guy who scored in both European finals. Um, there only was two European finals when he was playing in Europe. He's won both the trophies, you know. But <laughs> with the same token, you're worrying. He's a guy that never won the league as a player. And I think we're, we're getting to that stage where we're thinking, is he only capable of European glory? You know, um, we need to we need to see uh, the, the league. But I I think a part of it might also be, as, as Colin's alluding to, imagine getting AC Milan. Imagine getting Milan in this year's uh, group stages and we can't play them. It's not just frustrating for the fans. I think a massive part of what we do in Europe is about packed stadiums. You know, the, the, we've got a team that likes it, as I've said, when the, the pressure's on the opposition, when they're not the favourites and they love, they just love a packed stadium, don't care if it's home or away. 
Um, and I, I think we could end up going out in kind of humiliating style if it's if there's no crowd there. A properly good team could maybe do things to us that they couldn't do to us in a packed Ibrox. Um, and that would affect our, our domestic form. So I'm not for one second saying that I want us to go out. Uh, I actively want us to go out. But um, I think Gerard's got us to a point where to do it this season, we've got enough in, we've got enough in the bag. We've got enough kind of... European ammunition in the bag, and uh, we can we can go we can concentrate on domestic stuff this season. Yeah, I mean, and we'll obviously we'll see this Thursday how things go. But just to finish tonight, I wanted to to discuss. I mean, ordinarily we wouldn't um, we wouldn't discuss another club's business uh, on Gersnet, but there was an interesting interview um, published by the Athletic on Friday with uh, the Celtic owner Dermot Desmond, and he, and he raised a couple of things that. That um, were, were, were of interest to Rangers fans, I think. Uh, I'm going to break them down a wee bit. Colin, firstly, I know that you had a, a quick scan of the interview. It was interesting to see him say that he missed the, the anxiety of the old firm games, and he was also quite complimentary of, of, of the team, the current team, and, and the manager. Um, not usually something that we would see from, from that side of the city. So it was, I mean, it had a, a few interesting points in it. Yeah, I mean, I think in recent years, you know, people within that that club, you, you know, your Neil Lennons and your your Peter Lowes. I don't think Brendan Rodgers was 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 so guilty of it, but they really do play to the sort of lowest common denominator in their support. Uh, you know, I, I mean, even you know when we when we play them at Celtic Park, they don't even refer to us by our name, you know, they, they don't use the word Rangers, they, they, they refer to us as the opposition today, they don't mention the players by their full name, you know, it's just McGregor, Goldson, Tavernier, all that kind of thing, you know, they refuse to accept that there's such a thing as the old firm, which I have to be honest, doesn't bother me one way or the other, you know, what they think really doesn't bother me, it just I just expect more from a, from a football club, you know what I mean, I, I expect that sort of stuff from supporters, but I, I don't really expect that from from people within the club, but there certainly seems to have been that element within the, within that club over the last few years. So it was interesting that he went the the, the other way. But he, he is, he's right. You know whether we are prepared to accept it or not. You know I'm not a Celtic fan. You know I'm perfectly prepared to go on air and say I absolutely despise them as a club. They're, they're my club's greatest enemy. I'm supposed to despise them, and I do. But I don't deny that there'll be a massive part of my football and life. Some of my best nights ever have involved Celtic because we've pumped them. You know what I mean? So to sort of, it seems to me that people within Celtic and Celtic supporters especially want it both ways. You know what I mean? They don't acknowledge our existence. They, they say we're a new club, but they're fighting like mad for tickets and moaning that other people are getting tickets ahead of them when games come up. You know what I mean? It's To me, it, as a Rangers supporter, Celtic are a big part of that. You know what I mean? You want to beat them, local rivals. Uh, it's it's horrible when they, when they when they beat you, and it's it's magic when when you beat them. And I personally, I, I mean, I maybe wouldn't have said this, you know, when I was a younger man, but you know, as you get a wee bit older, you get a bit mellower. I, you know, Celtic have been a big part of my life. They have given me some tremendous hangovers. So, and that's what you want, you know. It, Celtic fans that are going on about nine and ten in a row at the moment, they're kidding themselves on. Because see, when they were getting uh, three and four, look at the attendances at Celtic Park. They were absolutely through the floor. You know, you were getting 15,000 at those games because it was shooty in. You know what I mean? It wasn't even a competition. You know, even to break it down into a sort of really basic argument, see when I come up to my, my fives on a Monday night, see if the teams are really unbalanced and one team romps it and another team gets pumped. You don't enjoy it. Nobody enjoys it. I've never really enjoyed giving a team a pumping when I'm playing football. If you know the players that you're playing against are, are, are totally inferior, you know, if you know the sides are completely unbalanced. And the team getting pumped don't enjoy it either because it's no competition. You want a competition. And I think he appreciates that. Plus there's the numbers as well. You know what I mean? I think Peter Lowell came out at the time saying it was costing Celtic £10 million a season with the Rangers not being there. You know, and I think Dermot Denson is... is uh, a shrewd enough businessman to know that that's not good for his business, but yeah, it was it was interesting that he went the other way because certainly others within that club uh, play it slightly differently. 
Alec, another <clears throat> one of the more interesting things that you said in, in the interview, and there was a few few little sound bites um, that we won't get into, but the, the this this idea of a British league, an idea of Rangers and Celtic going to England, came up again. Now this has been something that's obviously been been going around for a long, long time. Firstly, what are your thoughts on that as a, a prospect, and do you think it will it'll ever happen? Um, I think it's the old uh, kind of turkeys voting for Christmas argument. I don't know how we're going to get in uh, down there, especially just now. I don't know why they would why they would want us. Um, I, I can't help going back to, to to Dermot Desmond and the whole Celtic thing that Colin's referring to. It's funny how they they, they deny uh, that there's any such thing as the old firm because uh, they don't want to be in a, in a phrase even with Rangers. It, uh, it ignores the fact that the old firm actually refers to... They're obviously looking at the old part of that and won't deny that Rangers are old because we're just formed in 2012, according to them, um, playing at the galleries, as you say. But it's the, the old refers to... The, the old firm refers to the fact that it's a business thing, the way that Rangers and Celtic can just bring the crowds in whenever they want, and the rivalry between us is, is, is first and foremost uh, for these guys, for the, for the boardroom, uh, a cash-generating machine. Um, and here he is, just tacitly admitting that the the firm, the the old firm, is is back together. Um, suddenly, it's keep your friends close, your enemies closer. Suddenly, they want to be all pallyways again because Celtic are obviously downsizing just now as well. Um, they should be winning the treble um, every year that we were in the lower leagues. But it's funny that they can only actually do it. They can only afford to do it when we come back in the top flight. Um, and I'm getting way <laughs> sidetracked by my bitterness towards, <laughs> towards Celtic <laughs> if you answer any questions. But um, I, I, one thing I would say is I always I was always proud of Scottish football. I always liked being uh, a Scottish team. I always liked being Scottish football. I had a, a basic affection and respect for all our opponents from Celtic uh, right down through Aberdeen and United, a lot of them. I was quite proud of the records in Europe. I wouldn't shout about it, obviously. But... Um, I never wanted us to, to to go to England. I thought it would be an interesting experiment. Uh, but the way we've been treated by rival supporters and uh, rival clubs since 2012 has really, has really opened my eyes. I know we've we've certainly got a case to answer for our, our signing policy, what have you, through the, through the ages. But there was no basic respect reciprocated to us. So if we can find a way of getting out of Scotland, um, I'd be sad. Um, I wouldn't actively push for it but neither would I fight it uh, too strongly. And I think, basically, we would I think we would, uh, we would do a lot better than people expect. I used to think we'd just be another Sunderland and Newcastle, two massive clubs with fervent supports and a big derby, um, who've basically struggled against relegation and no one in the league since uh, 19 canteen. But I think uh, Rangers and Celtic would take, it to, would take it to a different level. I think we'd be up there within, within you know, five or six years. Um, I think we've got a challenge with them. It would also it'd be also interesting to see how it alters the, the dynamic, how it alters how Rangers fans regard themselves. Because I remember us playing Everton uh, many years ago, a friendly Ibrox, and we're all, it was at that time we were all wearing England tops. I think Glasgow was the Rangers fans were making the England top that was sold in Glasgow more than any other city in Britain. And uh, the Everton fans were all singing it as you can shove your F in England up your arse, you know. So I think we would quickly find out that the, the uh, kind of where the quintessential British club thing would be thrown back in our face, and it might be interesting to see what it would do to the kind of uh, the dynamic in our support. But um, I'm not—I don't think it will happen. But uh, I wouldn't be totally against it. Colin, I know you're against it, but do you think that the the, the opportunity would arise if if you know this this much talked about sort of European league was set up and some of the bigger clubs? Well, certainly the I say bigger clubs, but the richer clubs in England. Join something like that would then be the idea that you know clubs in Scotland and, and England would, would then join. Is that something that might arise in the future? Do you think? Uh, whether that arises, I don't know, but that could be something that, that, that would give it some uh, you know leverage. You know, if two or three of the bigger clubs down there moved on, they would then be looking for people to replace it. I mean, the thing that gets me is this is all about money, you know what I mean? And that, and that's been my primary concern where all of football is, is going for the sort of last 20 years. You know, decisions aren't made for the benefit of the game. They're, they're made for, for the benefit of the balance sheet and what brings in the most money and, and all that kind of thing. And that's that's why we're in a situation, you know, not so much up here in Scotland, but 
down in the Premiership. That's why VAR's been introduced because there's so much money riding on anything, uh, and because Sky have 300 cameras at every game. You know, they're, they're, they're scrutinising referee mistakes to a whole new level. Uh, and and now we've got VAR, which I just think it's a total farce. If I'm being honest with you. Uh, I think it just stops the game too often, and it doesn't always get it right either. So, but in terms of the the British uh, Premier League thing, I mean, I'm I'm like Alex. I, the, the events of 2012 make me pretty much despise most Scottish clubs. You know the the way that Rangers were treated at the time was, and, and uh, you know you could say that we deserved a, a dose uh, our own medicine. I wouldn't sort of disagree with that, but it was just the way it was conducted. You know, it was the the, the way that people were celebrating. People were losing their jobs and stuff like that. And I just found it really distasteful. So I'm like Alex. I'm of an age. I can remember watching Aberdeen beat Real Madrid to win the Cup Winners' Cup. Now, my, my whole family are, are all Rangers. And, and it wasn't just like my mum and dad, you know, aunties, uncles, bananas, all that kind of thing. Everybody was Rangers. And we sat in that house and cheered Aberdeen to the hill. And we cheered Bungie United when they got to the final in 87 as well. They got to the FA Cup final. Uh, but you wouldn't get me doing that now. You know, I think uh, the bitterness that, that came out from 2012 was just too much. So in terms of wanting to play outside of Scotland, I, I, I feel like that sometimes because I just hate the bile that exists here. But whether it would be good, I, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm yet to be convinced. I, I just think... It would maybe be better if we focused on, you know, trying to make the, the product in this game. And I hate calling it a product, but if we tried to make it yeah, the product in this country, sorry, a bit better, we would, we would maybe uh, be a bit better off. Well, that's just about all we've got time for tonight. Um, my thanks to, to Alec and, and Colin um, for joining me. If you enjoy what we're doing here, please subscribe. Um, or like us on, on social media. Previous episodes uh, and tonight's show will be available um, to us to know your usual platforms uh, as of tomorrow morning. Um, places like Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Castbox, and whatever else that you, you get your podcasts. Um, and thank you for, for joining us again and stay safe, uh, whatever the future may bring in the next few weeks. Cheers and good night.